What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dream Chasing 101 podcast. Today we are welcoming back a former guest. Um, it's been a while and I'll leave it up to Jamie just to give us a short intro for listeners who haven't listened to the first episode. So Jamie, go ahead. Cool, so um, I'm Jamie Collati. I'm currently a second year intern at Chris Honey Barra Academic Hospital. The last time we spoke, I was a first year intern, so things have changed, <laughs> leveled up. <laughs> Um, and basically my day-to-day uh, duty, I go through different rotations throughout the year. I'm currently in psychiatry right now at the moment, so not too much um, COVID exposure. On our last um, podcast that we chatted on, I was working a lot more in the medical wards, um, a lot more diseases related to that. Um, and obviously, I think it was earlier on in the COVID pandemic when when we had our last chat so now I think a lot of, a lot has changed which is great and you mentioned it's been a while um, from that time what have you learned just in terms of you know the way the medical world's been reacting to you know the COVID-19 pandemic even though you may not be directly exposed to positive cases just the general working conditions how much more you know attention to detail do you guys have to pay nowadays so I think things have definitely improved and that's just from, you know, all the things that you learn on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, at the beginning of a pandemic, it's new to everyone. No one really knows how to approach it. Um, whereas now, a year later, we obviously have a lot more protocol in place and that's just come from trial and error, you know, looking at other countries, what they've done, what works for us, how we can apply it to our situation and also, I think every hospital is also different, but I think Barra has done really great things with regards to implementing protocol um, with with regards to COVID. So I think there's just a lot more awareness now, and it's almost like things have become part of the daily routine. So, you know, last year when they initiated this whole thing of, well, you have to get screened before you come to a cl- one of our clinics or outpatient departments or you need a COVID test before you go to theatre things were taking a lot longer people didn't really know what what the necessary uh, protocol was or the procedure but now it's almost like second nature okay we're booking this person for a theatre case he's going to need a COVID swab okay this person is coming to the outpatient department we're going to need to have someone doing COVID screening that day so it's almost it's actually quite insane how within a very short period of time, you almost can't remember what things were like before COVID, you know? Yeah. Um, and with wearing of masks, and it's so hard to believe that a year ago, we were not wearing masks in the hospital. Like, you know, and obviously the general public wasn't wearing it around either. It wasn't mandatory, but... You, you think back and you're kind of like, how, how are we not sanitizing all the time? How are we not wearing masks all the time? It seems so bizarre, even though it's only been a year of d- difference. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the, the change in kind of protocol and also just the learning process that, you know, day to day that you guys pick up from other institutions as well. Now that the vaccine rollout has, you know, taken place here in South Africa and healthcare workers are first in line. You've received your Johnson & Johnson shot or jab, as they call it. Um, how do you feel personally now that you've been vaccinated? Is there a sense of relief amongst healthcare workers now that this has you know, finally taken place? And do you also just feel more comfortable in the workplace now? 
So I do think that a lot of people feel more comfortable, but I just hope that no one's being complacent. So I think that there's a lot of misconception regarding what the vaccine actually does. And I think it's not just in the general population, but healthcare professionals as well. I did have like a nursing staff member saying, oh, are you glad you got the vaccine because now you can't get COVID? And I was surprised because I thought that people kind of knew that the vaccine's not going to stop you from getting COVID. The point of a vaccine is to, well, the, the aim at the end of the day is to kind of minimize severe disease. So it's not that you're not going to get COVID. It's hoping that when you will, people won't die from it. It's like getting the flu vaccine every year. You know, you, you can still get the flu, but it's kind of trying to make the disease process less severe. So I think that with that, with the vaccine rollout, there might be a little bit of complacency. Um, and I think, you know, there is this idea going around where, you know, if we all get the vaccine, that'll be the end of COVID, which it won't be. Unfortunately, if it would be nice if it was that easy. But you do feel a sense of relief, I would say, and like definitely feel that we are moving forward. I was very impressed with the vaccination rollout. It was done very professionally, very efficiently at at Barra. I can't comment on other um kind of vaccination stations because I haven't been involved in those or been there. But I think that generally there is this like great feeling um and I definitely saw that at the vaccine rollout. People are excited, they're happy, but people are still very much aware that this is not the end and we still take all the necessary precautions. You know, we haven't like let up on our PPE, we haven't um, stopped with our sanitizing, with our screening, we're still very much continuing as we were before, which I think is the wise thing to do. So there might be a bit of relief in general and I do feel relief myself, but I'm not going to be complacent because I think that's where we'll see like maybe a third wave or you know other problems coming up if we let our guard down a little bit too soon yeah and I think the mentioning of the potential third wave is also quite concerning and I think also it's I guess perfect timing that you guys are getting the vaccine right now because come the third wave you guys will be the most exposed to um, COVID you know in general what you know, there's, there's been this general skepticism around the vaccine. What was your family and friends reaction when, you know, they found out you're going to be taking the vaccine? Because it's, it's not like one specific audience that's skeptic of the, or, you know, very skeptical of the vaccine. It's, it's quite a broad thing because there's so many things that we addressed on the vaccinology podcast um, that people aren't fully aware of yet. Definitely. So, what I found quite interesting was that I didn't even give it a second thought. You know, when people were like, the healthcare workers are going to get vaccinated, I was like, where do I sign up? Put my name down, I'm ready. And I did sign up, obviously, filled out all the necessary applications and forms and got my voucher number and all that with with regards to the process. And then people started saying to me, aren't you worried? Aren't you scared? And I kind of had never thought about it. Like, I just really put my faith in in the medical fraternity and was like, let's go with it. And only when, and it wasn't even just family members, it was people that I was 
working with, you know, nursing staff, other doctors that were like, aren't you worried? And I said, is there a reason I should be? I hadn't really thought about it, which was maybe not so good on my part, but I kind of just understood that, you know, this vaccine, although it came out quite quickly, has still gone through every single regulatory process that every other vaccine would have to have gone through before. So it's not like we're just, you know, injecting people with whatever and hoping for the best. Um, And I think that was like a really big fear um, from, you know, people in general and also people in the medical field. Is it too soon? Was it too rushed kind of thing? Um, But from what I saw, people were generally very supportive. My family was very excited. You know, they were like, this has been a long time coming. I think when I got the most kind of, I don't know if I can call it feedback, was probably after I'd gotten the vaccine. So not many people had spoken to me before, but when I'd posted on my social media that I'd gotten vaccinated, I actually had, I think, between 17 and 20 uh, direct messages asking questions about how did I feel and a whole bunch of things regarding the vaccination, which I didn't really expect. When I posted, I didn't think that so many people would reach out and ask. I mean, okay, maybe 17 to 20 is not that many, but like, I don't have a massive following. So for me, that's like, I thought that was quite substantial. And um, people were generally really supportive, but also I feel a little bit skeptical, but no one, I think everyone's just a bit more curious. So, and I think people are happy for the medical people to be testing it out. You know, they're like, you guys go for it. You be the guinea pigs let me know how it goes and then we'll all like follow suits. I think that was the general feeling that I got. And you know, the questions of potential side effects and stuff like that, did you feel anything? Obviously there is a a certain process your body goes through when um, taking in a vaccine. So can you maybe take us through your personal experience and what you went through? When I did actually get side effects, I was actually excited. I know that sounds completely weird, But it's kind of your way of knowing, okay, they didn't just inject me with some water, you know. And it's actually so incredible to think about how your body is responding to this this, um, vaccination. So side effects to me were actually kind of cool. I was like, wow. Um, But mainly, they do warn you about side effects. So there are very common side effects um, that they do warn you about when you get the vaccine, which is mainly things like fever, pain at the injection site, headache, joints and muscle pain, maybe a bit of nausea, um, fatigue, stuff like that. So it sounds like your typical flu-y kind of symptoms. And um, when I did get the vaccination, I got it at about one o'clock in the afternoon. And there was like a little bit of burning when she injected the vaccine, which is like to be expected. You know, you're injecting something into your muscle into your arm but I mean it it really was minor it went away quite quickly I had no problem with my arm it was completely fine um and then the rest of the day I felt 100% and it was at about nine o'clock that night so maybe eight hours after I'd gotten the vaccine that I started to get a bit of uh, fever and chills so I got could definitely feel the fever and I had a bit of hot and cold flushes which I think I didn't expect it to be that soon. So it was like a bit concerning to me. And because I got the vaccination on the second day of rollout, I hadn't heard anything from anyone. So 
I didn't actually realize at the time that what I was experiencing was quite common. And I think that, that scared me a little bit. I thought, oh, like, is this normal? Even though they do warn you about the side effects and you know that they do exist, you're still like, oh my gosh, is everyone else feeling what I'm feeling? So that was me on the first night, just like fever, chills. Um, but I was able to sleep quite fine. Next day was the Friday I woke up, felt completely fine. Nothing wrong at all. My arm wasn't sore, didn't have a fever or anything. But then as the day went on, I kind of just felt a bit fluish. So a bit of a headache, congestion. I had a low-grade fever the whole day, but nothing unbearable, you know. And then the next day I woke up and I was completely fine. I didn't have anything after that. So it was maybe a day if we include the night, a day and a half of feeling a bit sick, but nothing, nothing too serious. And it was every single side effect that they'd already said is possible. You know, it was, it wasn't anything like unprecedented that I felt. Um, so I definitely was aware that I would be feeling those things. I didn't know I would get all of them, but, um, it was nothing that, you know, was unbearable that I needed to seek medical treatment for anything like that so and amongst the your co-workers do you you know when you tell them about what you went through is there or the ones that haven't received their jab yet and if you have to tell them these kind of things is there an added kind of nervousness around them getting their vaccine have you experienced any of that so I definitely think so and because I think I was in a very early group on the second day there were a lot of people uh, a lot of interns messaging me saying, what did you feel? How am I going to feel? All that kind of stuff. Um, and what was very interesting was that most of us felt exactly the same. And it was what was so interesting for me was that everyone kind of got that fever at the same time. It was like eight or nine hours after the vaccine, like you, it was going to hit you. Like It's like people could tell. And I don't think it kind of made anyone that apprehensive they were like okay I'm gonna have some symptoms if anything I think it just made them more prepared to know that they would have symptoms and like an interesting thing that I found I mean this is not based on any scientific anything this is just anecdotal something that I observed is that a lot of the interns had more serious side effects than older um, medical people so like our consultants they actually seemed to have less side effects than the younger group of people who received the vaccine which I thought was quite interesting so I don't know if that's got to do with like a level of immunity I don't I don't know like the science behind that but yeah I just thought that that was something interesting that I saw happening and I'm not sure if you've you know seen the recent um, news on the study that's come out that said if you picked up the 501yv2 variant that there is a certain level amount of antibodies you pick up from that infection that um, almost grants you kind of immunity against reinfection. I don't know if you've been made aware of that and what do you think about how that might be, you know, if that news does kind of become mainstream, more mainstream, that people will start thinking, oh, maybe I should just get COVID and I'll be fine, you know, that kind of approach. Um, just your thoughts on if you've heard anything about that, you know, amongst your, your group and yeah. Cool. So I actually haven't heard much about that. So it's difficult for me to comment specifically on that. But with regards to people saying, oh, they should just rather get COVID. 
Um, you know, the truth is you don't know how you're going to do with COVID. I mean, why are there 20, 24-year-olds, no comorbidities, dying of COVID? And why are there 98-year-olds who are faring fine? Why are there people who are completely asymptomatic, can run a 10-kilometer with COVID and not even realize, and later on they test positive that day? And why are there some people who are previously fit and healthy and after having COVID, they're still struggling to walk up the stairs weeks later. You really, really don't know how you're going to fare. And I don't think that it's worth the risk. Um, if you want to gamble, you know, that's not something I would gamble with. It's very brave. And I just think there's just not enough known about it right now. I think, I hope one day we'll have the answers as to why people are faring much better than others and why we are seeing these bizarre, you know, things in these different age groups and different like population groups, but that will come with time and it will come with, you know, studying the disease and that does take time. But yeah, like I said, because I think that's what's made COVID so scary is that it's kind of unpredictable in how you're going to, you're going to do, you know, someone, you kind of take two individuals who have the same comorbid conditions similar age group and one person is fine doesn't need admission and then the other person passes away from COVID and you're like what was the difference there is it genetic is it you know it's really difficult to say and I'm sure there's tons of studies being done around that so to me that's what's so terrifying about COVID is you don't know how you're going to fare when you get it and I don't think it's worth getting it in order to like get the immunity um but and you know we also don't know enough about how long that immunity lasts so why are people getting infected again why are there reports of people and again this is just anecdotal evidence why are some people reporting the second time they get it it's worse you know you like it's just there's so many unanswered unanswered questions that I hope we'll, we'll find out one day, and I'm sure we will learn a lot more, but to be honest, like, I just wouldn't take the risk with that, versus the vaccine, where I know that's also very new, so we also don't have all the answers to how everyone's going to fare, and, you know, what's it going to be like long-term, are we going to need a booster shot, what is our immunity going to be like, and that will also come with time, but I think I haven't personally seen anyone having that severe of a side effect where they're like oh I'd rather take my chance with COVID than get the vaccine kind of thing <laughs> yeah I think that's one of the the things that at the beginning you know when we first found out found out about COVID everyone thought oh we should just all get it and we'll be fine so I think that's something that um, we also need to be careful about like as you know the media not to push that out in the wrong way so that people get the wrong idea that, oh, if you get it, you're going to be fine and you won't be reinfected against any of the variants because that's currently what they're putting out there based on a very small study. So it's just, I suppose the media also has their, their place to, you know, kind of look after the population with what they put out and how they put it out there. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I think we live in this age where, wow, fake news travels way faster than real news and it's so easy for someone to log on to Facebook and someone shared some article and it's so easy to not check 
the validity of that article. Where is this article coming from? Who wrote it? When was it written? Is this like an actual article? You know, you can publish anything anywhere. Anyone can and share it to Facebook. And then it's this sensationalized headline of, you know, they can, you can write whatever. So I think we need to be really careful. And I think, um, we just need to be like, you know, just aware of what we're reading and just to know how to verify which sources are credible and which ones aren't. And now that the, the vaccine rollout is, I think it's almost, it feels like it's almost a month, um, around about there. Are you also a little worried at the lack of, well, the, I won't say the lack of vaccines, but I mean, the acquiring of vaccines isn't happening at a rapid pace. So we've only vaccinated, I think, roughly as of today, which is the 13th of March. I think it's roughly about 120 to 130,000 odd, somewhere around there. Um, are you slightly worried as a health practitioner or healthcare worker that we haven't started vaccinating the public or we haven't finished the healthcare workers then vaccinating the public as well? Is that slightly concerning for you knowing that, you know, we're heading into our winter season which is also very, um, because last year we were kind of on hard lockdown during our autumn winter. So that's also something to, to be con- considered about. No, definitely. Um, I do, that is a concern. And I think th- a big concern just globally is that you kind of need to get everyone vaccinated um, before more variants pop up. It doesn't help for first world countries to vaccinate their entire country and say, cool, I'm sorted. No, no, no. Like, that's not how it's going to work. You need global international buy-in. Everyone needs to, you know, be on board, all countries. So if there are countries that are struggling, that are not acquiring vaccines, I think that first world countries or, you know, need to really look at that and say, you know what, um, we're not just helping them by by helping the, the more developing countries, but you're actually helping yourself. You're helping everyone. And with regards to our vaccination rollout, I know like there were the delays with the whole AstraZeneca thing, but I really, I mean, yeah, maybe um, we haven't vaccinated that many people, but I actually also think that we also need to give ourselves, you know, some credit Um you know, it's difficult to compare us to countries like America, the UK, you know, um, and their vaccine rollouts. I think it's like almost a bit unfair. I think like if we look at what our country is doing, we've done really amazing things. And um, the vaccine rollout has been, albeit, yeah, obviously we do want higher numbers at a faster rate and all that, but it will get better. It will get more efficient. Like, for example, even at Barra, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers for each day, but we were definitely vaccinating a lot more people in the later days than we were in the earlier days. And that just comes down to, like, having a system and being efficient. So I think, like, we must just, I mean, it is slightly concerning, but I think we should also try be positive and, you know, just say we are doing the best that we can right now and you know, give credit um, in that way as well. Yeah, I think the the actual rollout process, um, we've actually done really well, like you mentioned. I think the number of uh, people we're vaccinating on a daily basis is quite high. 
the only issue it's nothing to do with the actual system it's more just actually having the actual vaccine on hand that's the only issue that we're finding right now so i think hopefully once the government once the government can kind of get that in order um i think our system is more than capable than rolling it out it's just the matter of actually getting it on our land and and actually putting it out there Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, no, I completely agree with what you're saying because there were days where we actually finished the number of allocated vaccines that we had, but the day wasn't yet over. We could have vaccinated more people if we had the actual vaccine. So I agree. And, you know, yeah, I think that's something that's also promising to hear that that's what's the actual, that's actually what's happening is that we are kind of ahead of the pace. It's just that now we're just waiting on the vaccine. Um, to close off, Jamie, thanks for, for joining us. But, you know, if you can kind of share, I don't want to, because obviously everyone experiences um, the vaccine side effects differently, but you mentioned that you were, you know, part of observation on one day um, at the vaccine uh, tent, if you want to call it that. Um, what did you notice in general, um, the way the public reacted, and also just your personal um, opinion on the way the vaccine is being presented to the public and the way the public is also presenting the vaccine. Right. So firstly, um, with regards to my observations at the actual vaccination rollout, um, so how it works is just to explain to you what my role was on that day is um, you have to sign up online um, if you want the vac- vaccine. Okay. Obviously, it was only open to healthcare workers, but you sign up, you get a voucher number, you get given a date and a time, you show up at your date and time. There's several forms you have to fill out, doesn't take long at all, very efficient. Um, and then you are like taken into a hall, you're given your vaccine. After each vaccine administration, they then sanitize the station that you were at. So, I mean, they're very efficient at that. And then after you've gotten your vaccine, they take that group and they put you into like an observation area. That's where I was working. Basically, it's just chairs in a row where you put the 20 people that you've vaccinated at that point and you observe them for 10 to 15 minutes um, for any immediate adverse events. Obviously, the things I spoke about, fever, all that that I felt came much, much later. Um, and you don't expect anyone to have any immediate adverse effects. The thing that we were mainly looking out for is, I mean, you do get doctors that are scared of needles. <laughs> um, and, you know, they they sometimes have what you call a vasovagal where that fear of needles might cause them to feel a bit dizzy, but it's not actually to do with the vaccine. It's very unlikely that you're going to get an immediate reaction to the actual vaccine, but it's more just like the administration, the needle, that kind of thing. So we actually didn't, and I mean, I worked from eight o'clock to half past four, um, and I think that day we vaccinated 457, I could be mistaken, but somewhere around that number, and didn't see a single adverse event while we were observing these people. And I myself didn't experience anything in that observation period either when I was the one receiving the vaccine. But above that, while you're in that observation area, you are given a number to call to report side effects. There is a channel to go through if you are seriously ill for whatever reason that you, you know, there's people you can contact. There is like protocol in place that makes provisions for that kind of thing, which I think is amazing. Um, so, you, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you're going to be 
fine. And if you're not, you also know what to do. So you're not left in the dark about like, you know, what, what you're going to experience. You're not left in the dark of what to do if you are experiencing very severe um, symptoms. But yeah, I think that in general, um, it's been done really well. And yeah, I think that the perception afterwards, I think with, with more people posting, with more healthcare, like I think healthcare, prof- per, oh, sorry, healthcare personnel really have to be like advocates for this vaccine. You know, we have to get out there and say, look, if I'm willing to put it into myself, you know, it can't be that bad. You know, it's, it's very easy for someone to say, you should all get vaccinated, but it's almost like a sign of solidarity and a sign of like, look, I'm doing it too, you know? And I think with vaccinating all the healthcare people first, I th- I'm hoping that the general population will take a lot from that and be like, okay, they're, all, they all seem fine. So let's go for it. So I'm hoping that, you know, with people sharing it on social media, with people saying I got vaccinated, I'm hoping that that will bring about awareness. And if, even if it brings about like conversation, then that's good as well. Yeah. I think that's, that's the most important thing. It's like, why would they be giving the vaccine to the people who are looking after us during this pandemic? So as long as people can see that, that image clearly, then I think we'll be fine. But um, with that, thanks, Jamie, for making time and obviously stay safe. And it's good to see that the healthcare workers are being vaccinated and hopefully, you know, the, the rest of the public will hopefully get that quite soon as well. Definitely. Thanks so much for having me.